Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It says we're live, and you bet we are. Welcome. Welcome to Biz to Biz with Joy. Grow your business in style. Leaders leaving legacies. And tonight, oh, we're going to be talking about something that everyone, I don't care how proficient you are or fluent, you need to know more about, and that's banking, and especially local banking. As someone who works with and advocates for men and women to champion and empower them, I'm honored to have you here with us tonight, because this young man that we're going to be talking with it's just full of information that's going to be very impactful to you. I want you to just sit back and relax. Get a glass of wine, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, maybe. Whatever you're going to be comfortable with and join us as we meet and greet our featured guest speaker tonight. I'm going to bring him up now. Sean E. Williams, welcome. Hello, it's so good to have you here. It's great to be with you, Joy. Oh my goodness. This has been a long time in coming and I'm just over the moon. Let me just tell them more or less because we're gonna start off on the right track. Sean E. Williams is an executive vice president and chief lending officer of Marine Bank and Trust. <gasps> now that's a pretty big title. Sean, I bet everybody wants to know what started you in the banking industry? Share with us that. Well, 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 I wish I could say, like, I wish I could say that I was attracted to the banker's hours, but actually, that that's not it. Um, I was about twelve years old, and I watched for the first time around Christmas time that classic movie, Wonderful Life, and that movie had such an impact on me. I, I I remember at the completion of the movie, I wanted to be George Bailey, and of course, for those of you who know the movie, you know that George Bailey is a working class banker who is all that stands between uh, Bedford Falls and Mr. Potter uh, taking over the, the mean old man, the mean old rich man uh, taking over the entire town. And so uh, it, it, you know, the premise of the movie is what would Bedford Falls be like had George Bailey not been born or had he not existed? And uh, of course, we find out in that movie, it becomes Pottersville and that's not really a great place to live. So uh, I don't think that we think of banking as a noble profession, but as George Bailey proves, it can be. Oh, I like I like the way you ended with that, Sean, because it is a noble profession and it still is very prestigious. And I'm honored that you're sharing a lot of information with us tonight. And I love that a classic movie is one that propelled you into banking at the early age of 12. I think that's a great story. I love that story. Now yeah. tell us, you've been at banking for quite a few years. I think you said mm, how many, we don't know, but you'll share with us. Quarter century. <laughs> so it seems, does it appear that? No, no, no. I know you too well. But tell us a little bit about your beginnings in banking and how you've come to be so instrumental in this local commercial bank and share with us how you are impactful to those who come to you for the services you offer. Sure. 
Well, seven years after watching that movie, uh, at the age of 19, I became a drive-through teller at a bank that was prominent here in Florida called Barnank. Uh, that's how I started out in banking. Uh, uh, you know, it was an entry-level position at the time and uh, worked very hard uh, and through uh, a couple of bank changes and a couple of potions, uh, I worked my way up through the food chain. And uh, today, as you pointed out, I'm the executive vice president and chief lending officer of a community bank. We happen to be one of the, uh, the, the last small independent community bank headquartered in our region. And uh, what that basically means is, is that I oversee all of the lending activities, both on the business and commercial real estate side, and also on the residential real estate side. So it's just an honor and privilege to be able to serve the community. I know, I know, I would think so. And let me ask you this, because this is really important. You gave me something that I pondered over and I said, yes, because you said that the local commercial, not local commercial, but the local banks are very much prominent for especially small businesses. So share with us a little bit about why that's so paramount, especially more so today because of this crazy pandemic and how that impacted what you do for others in the banking oh, industry. Sure. Uh I mean, I, I think uh, I think we can all agree that small businesses are the backbone of America. I mean, we yes. thrive on small business in this country. And a lot of people don't know this, but 99% of the private employers in this country are small businesses. Uh, and they make up uh, almost 50% of all employment in this country. So the impact that small businesses have on this this country really can't be overstated. And so community. I'm happy for well, that statistic because I'm sure that most people did not know that 99% of businesses are small businesses. That's yes. a statistic that's very powerful. Yes. It's very powerful. And, and I'll ask you a question. Guess who small business owners typically favor for their lending needs? I bet it's a local bank. Yes, it is. Their lender of choice <laughs> tends to be community banks, and which begs the question: Why is that? And I really, I think it's because community banks really, at the core, are a small business themselves. Um, if you look at the majority of community banks, uh, most have uh, less than 100 employees. For example, Marine Bank and Trust, where I'm an executive, uh, we have about yeah. 80 employees, and by the federal government's definition. Uh, of small businesses being those businesses with less than 100 employees, uh, we we are qualified or classified as a small business. But as we say, it's not about size, it's about impact. And community banks are fiercely local. I mean, we have local ownership, local control, local decision-making. I'm one of the decision-makers. Uh, we all happen to live, the executive teams, the board of directors, we all live in the same neighborhoods as our clients. And we have an acute knowledge of the local economy and the local culture. So at the end of the day, a community bank is really about neighbors uplifting neighbors. And it really has a positive ripple effect on the local economy. I mean, our, our purpose, uh, especially at Marine Bank and Trust, is to help every human in our communities prosper. Uh, and that is really what drives us uh, to come into work each day. I mean, it's, it's again, such a privilege to be able to play the role of George Bailey in real life. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love the analogy and the tie-in. And you know, Sean, you shared some really pivotal, powerful points with us because 
one of the things that I always say, it's about family, relationships, and community. And I've been saying the word because I'm an old insurance, commercial insurance broker. But the matter is, the, the point is that you are a community bank, a local community bank. There's a big, big difference. But you use that word that you're fiercely dealing with the neighborhood people and making sure that your the services that you're offering will impact them in a profitable way. That's the bottom line. So I love it. I really love that that's what you're doing. Tell us, what are the types? I know they're varied, but what are the types of businesses that you're dealing with predominantly? Small businesses. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's really an eclectic mix of the businesses. We're, we're really a mirror image of the community. So when I say that neighbors uplifting neighbors, we really mean it. So if you take a, a look at the cross section of the businesses that exist in our community, chances are our loan portfolio and our our deposit base is a mirror image of that. Now, our loan portfolio and deposit base is not going to be a mirror image of other communities because those other communities are, are unique. Uh, but we, our loan portfolio and our deposit base is really a mirror image of this uh, unique community where we are. And that's true of all community banks across the country. So if you're in a very rural area, uh, customer base is going to also appear to be very rural. And that's what we bring to the table. And it's because of that, that we really know our customers. Um, and now, unfortunately, I, I, you know, I'm painting a very rosy picture of community banks, but yeah. it hasn't been that rosy of a picture of the last 35 years, because if you go back to 1985, Joy, uh, there were about 18,000 banks in the United States. Take a guess, take a guess how many there are today. Oh my goodness, 200. Just take a guess. How many? I have, I have no clue. Two hundred, maybe. Oh no! Well, there's we're we're doing better than that. Uh, oh, so good. There were eighteen hundred. <laughs> there were what there were eight thousand banks, and today there's approximately four thousand banks left. And so many rural and suburban communities now lack a locally headquartered bank. And so you know this is almost like the movie "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, you know, art, life imitating art, because it begs the question, yeah. what happens to a community when there is no community bank left? And uh, I think that across many communities, we're unfortunately finding out uh, what that means. It means that the kind of businesses that existed in that community, which are now being serviced by out of market, out of town banks that don't understand their business, their access to capital and their lending needs are not being met. And that's unfortunately a tragedy. Uh, in that community. And it, well, it affects know, not only the business, but it affects the families who rely on that business uh, and, and the paychecks that go with it. Absolutely. And you know what, Sean, you just spoke to something that you mentioned briefly before, but the way that, that your community local bank has impacted because of the pandemic, share with us a little bit about how you have been so instrumental during this pandemic, which we're still not out of it's let up quite a bit but when it hit how impactful you were with the local community neighbors that you worked with that's what people need to hear because what you did and how you went about your business is important for people to know as we move forward and out of this madness yes well, i'm gonna tell you when it mattered most community banks were there for families and businesses and you know look the pandemic was just is such is such an unfortunate part of our history. Um, for those who are familiar with the Paycheck Protection Program, 
the SBA, which is the Small Business Administration of the, of the government, uh, provided forgivable loans uh, while everybody was locked down so that uh, businesses can continue to pay paychecks to their employees. Well, community banks made 60% of all the PPP loans uh, that were made in this country. And that's including, I would add, 72% of PPP loans were made to minority businesses. Now, what makes those statistics so incredible is that as community banks, we actually only have about a 12% market share uh, of, the of the banking industry's total industry assets and about 15% share of the loans. So the fact that we have you know 12% deposits, 15% of the loans, and we did 60% of the small business and 72% of the minority owned businesses really says, uh, that, that again, that really shows when the communities needed us most, we were there for them. And unfortunately, the big this was uh, an embarrassment for, for many of the big bigger banks. And beyond that, I mean, it's it's easy to get caught up. And I think, you know, banks get a bad rap and sometimes rightfully so that we only care about the big business, the big profitable businesses. Well, community banks facilitated many of the smaller dollar loans that were made in PPP. And I say smaller that's a relative term because to that business owner, that was everything because 67% yes. of loans that we did uh, to industries, uh, they were to industries with average hourly earnings like between 10 and $20. So, I mean, these are modest, regular working class folks. And we really stepped up to the plate to keep those paychecks going because they needed it. But, you know, Ruth Chris didn't need it. I mean, let's right. I mean, there was a lot of media back then about the big corporations getting their share of the pie. And at the end of the day, that's not who we were lending to. We're lending to the mom and pops on Main Street. Sean, I, I really think that's very profound what you just shared with all of us. And as a layman, I always go for that person who might not be quite clear and have the clarity that you just expressed. And this is why I'm asking this. And it's a question that maybe it's hard to answer because we're never going to be poo-pooing and knocking someone else. But why, because I think I have the answer, but I wanna hear it from you. The neighborhood, knowing the neighborhood, being in the local community, knowing the people, the folks in that community, you are more able to give them the loans as opposed to why not the larger banks? How would you answer that to someone who doesn't really get the understanding of why? Well, I think smaller banks are way more agile. We don't have the technology <laughs> budgets of big banks. We. Uh, you know, when when PPP happened, when the pandemic happened, I mean, it was all hands on deck. And, you know, yes. the big banks had tremendous tech platforms, but this was an example where tech really failed. Um, it was, you know, again, I went back to uh, the type of lending we do is not cookie cutter. We really dig in. We, the decision makers are local. I mean, I was up till two in the morning uh, inputting loans to the SBA system, one of the executives of the bank. Now, I don't think the executives of the big banks were up till two in the morning uh, inputting PPP loans. But again, these this isn't just a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper. This is my neighbors. I mean, these are people I know. And so the motivation to do that, I mean, you couldn't pull me away from the stack of PPP requests that were coming in. And the end result was, uh, while most big banks had the very specific rules about who could apply, such as you had to be a deposit customer and a loan customer. I mean, we saw all kinds of 
very restrictive rules so that they could slow down the amount of traffic that was coming in. We put our foot on the gas and said, you know, look, uh, not only are we going to open this up to all of our customers, we're going to open it up to any non-customers who find out about us. Because at the end of the day, if you're a community bank, what's the first word in that phrase? Community. The community needed us. And so uh, we just stepped up and yes, there was, you know, there were a lot of new relationships that we gained out of that effort, because I think for the first time, again, for the first time ever, it really mattered what bank you were doing business with. I love that explanation because you nailed it, because being in a, a part of a community and knowing the neighbors and willing to work with them on a closer level, that's what you were able to do. You know, Sean, I'm going to take a quick break, but while I'm away, you're going to be put in the green room. But when I come back, just what you shared with us, I want you to speak with us more about what a lot of people I'm sure don't have the superior knowledge of knowing what fintechs are all about. Because when we talk about larger banks and fintechs, I think more people need to understand all the varying differences so that when they make their decision, whether a larger bank or a local community bank, it will be the community bank. So that said, hold tight. I'm going to be back with you in just a second. Yes. I'm just, mm, what can I say? You know, one of the things here for biz to biz, it's all about community. It's all about relationships. It's all about bringing men and women to you who share their knowledge and their knowing with you that's impactful for you so that you can be about the business that you are about, whatever type of business that is. And Sean, as a banker, let me tell you, community, local banks are the way to go, especially if you are entrepreneurial and because of this pandemic, if you're just starting out. And we're gonna put up a link later where if you are not here on the Treasure Coast, where Sean is, you'll be able to connect with those who'll be able to share a lot of information with you. I would love to invite you for a Leading Ladies, Leaving Legacies event that's coming up on the 21st of July. And that's going to be a featured guest speaker who's going to come to you and share lots of powerful information with you. It'll be posted everywhere. But in the meantime, I want you to just make note of that. And if you're not a part of the group, go and join the group now. And also, what you can do is make sure when I put up the link a little bit later that you connect, you have the freedom to call Sean with the number that's going to be scrolling by, or you can as well, you can go and you can connect with that link that I'm going to be putting up so that you can connect and learn more about community local banks. I really feel this is the way to go. And I'm honored that Sean is here to share information with us. So that said, Sean, let me bring you back. And for now, let's talk about fintech and larger banks because sure. technology is here it is not my vernacular it ain't going anywhere so what we need to do all of us is to know a little bit more about it and how it's going to dance with community banks so share with yeah. us your knowing there yeah, no i'd be happy to i mean I'm, I'm talking about the virtues of community banking but i mean the big banks still play a very vital role in our national economy uh, I mean, it's look, Walmart and Home Depot and Starbucks are probably not going to be able to come to my bank and get a loan. They're just too big for us. We are about yeah. small business. We're about Main Street. So you're still going to need the big Wall Street multinational banks. I know some people might be crinkling their nose a little bit about that. But yes, they do play a vital role given the structure of our economy. Um, the fintechs also, they play a significant role in the economy. Um, you know, with, with fintech, again, not all banking needs require 
uh, customization and flexibility. You know, so they, they thrive in very standardized lending, very st standardized banking, uh, what we would call a cookie cutter approach. And, you know, they're, they're high tech, but they're low touch. Now, the thing about community banks is that uh, one of the misperceptions of community banks is that, you know, we're still stuck in the 19th century. And that's not true. I mean, we have pretty much most of the technology that the fintechs have. We have uh, a very progressive technology stack. And so not only do we have high tech, but we're also high touch. And then when you add local decision making to that equation, uh, I think we have a leg up on both the fintechs and the big banks overall. Now, we are you know, facing challenges from broader economic consolidation. There's changing demographics and, you know, there, there's, there's a lot going on out there. But I think, you know, with the consolidation of the community banks, I mean, that, that's unfortunate. But I really do believe that we have a niche style of banking that will, uh, will always be in need. Yes. And you know what? Everything that you said and everything that you're sharing with us, I'm grateful because I know that we all need to have more information. My friend Yamalet is here and she said that she's already gone through the local community bank and acquired a loan. I love the, the, the verbiage that you use. You said we're high touch. That means you're in touch with your community. You're connecting and you're relating with the people that want to do business through your bank. That means a lot because Sean, what do we all want? To be seen, heard, and valued. And value means that we want the support that we need when we need it so that you see us and you know that we're going to work to be profitable at what we're doing. I think that's mm -hmm. really very, very major. The, the, the people that you work with in the community, one of the things that we're going to do towards the end here, and we're almost there, I can't believe where the time goes, is to put up this link. And I want you to express a little bit about that link because people who are not with us on the Treasure Coast, they can go to this link and they can go and check out local banks in their community. So share with us a little bit about how that works. Well, um, uh, uh, you know, basically, I think most communities uh, in, in the country have a community bank. It's sometimes it's just a matter of being able to find them, because at the end of the day, community banks, we don't have the marketing budgets and uh, of the big banks and the fintechs. So, you know, we have to go on podcasts uh, like this one to help spread the word. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like guerrilla marketing where we're going out. It's boots on the ground, we're pounding the pavement. It's all word of mouth. It's all relationships in the community. So. You know, we have it's a little bit more challenging and, you know, especially because of the competition that's coming from the large banks. You know, again, they have the economies of scale uh, that are sufficient to drive further consolidation uh, in our industry. And so as that happens and as the regulatory environment continues to expand, uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult for community banks to compete. But we're very clever. And we continue to nip at the heels of the big banks and the fintechs, uh, all of the challenges aside. So um, there's, you know, unfortunately, a lack of new entrants right now in banking. Uh, there's not a whole lot of new bank charters, but I, I do believe I am optimistic that looking ahead because of the value of community banks, based on everything I said about small business and the connection that families have to small business and the paychecks that that puts on tables, that we have such a niche product here that I believe we're going to see a resurgence of bank investors wanting to open up community banks. And so uh, I, I would say that, you know, our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. You know what? That optimism ignites mine 
because I always like taking the high road and you're using verbiage that's so powerful. You want to scale and you want to make sure that you're still staying within the community and building those relationships and people get to know you, know, like, and trust. It's never going anywhere. It's still prevalent. And the way that you express what you're about, this is what we all need. And you need to be out there so that people can see you, be aware of what you do and know what you do. I think it's fantastic. What words, what, how would, what would you like for us to know about community local banking that maybe other than what you share, you shared a lot that maybe a lot of people don't know, Sean, because the difference between a local bank and a larger bank and a all of that, what is, what are some of the key knowings that you want to share with us that maybe we don't know? Well, I think at the end of the day, uh, we're actually authentic. I mean, we're not corporate stiffs. We're we're just regular working class folks like like everybody else. Uh, you know, I, I think um, yeah, I, I think community banks play such a valuable part of the community that in some ways you don't know what you have until you've lost it. And unfortunately, many communities across the country have uh, awoken to that, that discovery and. Uh, I think uh, there, I could go on for a long time about all the difference, you know, all the things that you don't know about a community bank. But I think at the end of the day, look, we're, we're all about making a profit. We're all about running a business. Uh, but I think what you're going to find is an authentic group of bankers, which, again, uh, we're all we're all striving to be like George Bailey. <laughs> I love that. I like tying it back to George Bailey because, I mean, that's a classic movie and every Christmas starting right after Thanksgiving, it becomes every other whatever. I love that. And here's the other thing that I love what you share with us, Sean, that how you started out as a teller. And here's my suggestion to any and every and all out there who might be considering doing something with your bank, get acquainted with the people in the bank, get to know them, wave, say hello, let them know who you are and what you're about so they can support you. That's what you talk about when you say that you're dealing with the neighborhood, you're dealing with the people in the community, and that's what it's all about. I don't know where the time goes, but it flies here. So I'm going to put across here the, your that link for people who are not in the Treasure Coast so they can go and find out what is involved with icba.org yes yeah say that so the icba is the uh, independent community bankers association it's a uh, an association of community bank across the country and that website that you have there on your screen is uh, a way in which you it's a it's a search engine to help you find a community bank near wherever your home or business uh, is and look i i i have a bias here uh, but I think that everybody should consider switching to a community bank wherever in this country you're located. And by using that website, uh, you can uh, locate that community bank. And I think what you're going to find is that uh, you will not be treated like a number. You will get a high touch service, flexible, customized banking that suits your needs. Uh, and and it's, it's a win-win. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, if you're on the Treasure Coast, though, I, I hope you'll call Marine Bank and Trust, that's that's our bank. And you can call me, my, my personal cell phone number is 772-349-2202. That's right, I just gave out my personal cell phone number. You won't find that for the executives of the big banks. Let me say, Sean, that it's been a privilege to share this time and space with you. And I know for a fact that people who connect with you, your integrity, your honor, 
and you're being able to build good, hearty, healthy relationships is powerful. How many years have we known each other? And here we are together sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. That's what it's all about. Community, family, relationships are everything. And you spoke to all of those tonight. So thank you for being here. I am, I'm just over the moon that hopefully this will bring you people and you will continue to do what you're doing because I know for a fact that if I were to come into your bank for anything at all, even if you couldn't assist me, you channel me to where I needed to be. And that's what's absolutely beyond powerful about you. Thank you. Any last words before we say so long for now? No, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure, Joy. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I love hearing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm running across the bank, your number, and I'll put your name up again as well. I'm going to put you in the green room, but it's been, you have given us a lot of nuggets to think about and be about. And more importantly, I hope more people will consider community local banks. Thanks. I'll be back with you in just a second. So long for now. Oh my goodness. I have to tell you that when it comes to the men and women that I meet, high, top of the line. And let me say this, Sean didn't say this, but here's what I know. I have a friend who uses this expression. I've taken it. She doesn't mind. White glove service. You are treated like royalty. Isn't that what you want? Because you are. So if you have any questions or concerns whatsoever, please make sure that you connect with him because he's going to be able to align you in the right direction. And if not, to be sure that he's taking you under his wing to put you where you need to be. That's what's so beautiful about this man. And I hope that you will make that connection. I don't know where the time goes. I say it every week, but it flies by and I'm always honored and thrilled when you can show up here. And I know how active we all are. So if you're watching the replay, make sure that you make a note to connect with Sean and to see if not for you or for someone else, or he can align you with the right people. In the meantime, be and stay well, take care of you first so that you can look after others. And I am sending your way always much love and all the best. So long for now. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.